What's up, everybody? Friday. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Friday. We made it. Love it, love it, love it. Good morning, folks. Today is Friday, September 16th. This is episode 199 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories of what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, we got you covered. But before we dig into the stories, and the pleasantries and the grace and joke of the day because it is Friday and we always we always end on a laugh folks let me give a shout out and thanks to this stream sponsors barricade cyber solutions barricade cyber solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hard-working business owners into turmoil but Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. Also, much love and appreciation to our other sponsor, Recon InfoSec. Recon InfoSec's Managed Detection and Response MDR solution offers offering includes the people, the process, the technology, kind of the full stack needed to deliver full-spectrum SecOps to organizations of any size. Their MDR service includes Fully managed SIM and SOAR and customers gain visibility into their own environment as well as any incident investigations being worked by the Recon InfoSec. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much to both Eric's, Eric Capuano and Eric Taylor, uh, respectively uh, to their companies for wanting to partner and sponsor Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Now listen, folks, I want to remind you because I get texts all the time. If you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So it's two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure, literally, when I say document, literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. If you just got a CISP, like uh, my man who uh, contacted me last night did. Congratulations, by the way, on the CISP. Here's the deal. Most certification bodies require you to continue to stay current in cybersecurity, right? You can't get a CISP and then go do Greenpeace for 25 years and come back and be like, I'm a CISO, what's up? No, like you have to stay current. And that's that's basically what a CPE is. Now, all these different organizations do it differently, but basically all of them have some type of earmarked one around, you know, attending webinars, attending threat briefings, trainings, etc. That's what this is. All right, as, as much as we have a good time in here, like we're actually doing work. So, you know, who, who knew that work could be wicked fun and awesome too? So when you say what's up in chat and say hashtag team live, hashtag team replay, you're burning your name into the stream. That's why I put it on. That's why the street. That's why chat is on stream, because it's a forensically sound record that will be here until Google disappears, which doesn't look like it's going to happen in my lifetime. So you can totally, um, you know, do this and then say, here you go, check it out, auditor, if you ever get audited. Usually one CPE is equivalent to one hour. We do about 45 minutes here. So if you round down to half an hour, no one's going to question it. And we do it every day. So you're going to have CPEs to spare. Like you could do like the Oprah emote, please. Like CPEs for you, CPEs for you. Like you could, you could be like, got, you know, like, 
like hawking CPEs outside uh, PNC Stadium or whatever. You're like, got, <laughs> got CPEs, got CPEs, got CPEs, right? So just that's that's all I'll say about that because I do get DM'd all the time about the CPEs. Now listen, if you're live, I love it. I see you in here. Looks like 84, 87. We're all stacking up. We're gonna get into it. Fridays are always the best. If you're watching on replay, drop a hashtag team replay in chat. I love seeing the team replays in chat in the comments. You guys are your own force, your own faction. Um, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, if you want to jump right to the news team replay, just grab the slider, slide it to the right. If you're listening on, on your podcast app of choice, hit 30 seconds four or five times. Because for the next two minutes, I'm going to be sipping on this big cup of coffee, talking to team live about what's cracking. What's up, Casually Joseph? I hope you're getting pumped for your recon infosec core training that's coming up. Yeah, BSEC, I get so many people sliding into my DMs and it's not, it's not, I mean, obviously I'm happily married, but like people sliding into my DMs, it's, it's, it's much more uh, basic vanilla stuff going on in there. Hey, Jim Wales, good to see you uh, in Team Live. Angel Perez, Tony MBA, Internal Stranger from the uh, Australia. Internal Stranger, we could have used you on Wednesday, my friend. I was on a, a plane, but I was trying to whip up, I was trying to whip up Worldwide Wednesdays and we were missing the... Uh, uh, you know, Oceania, Australia contingent. What's up, Roger Swanson, my man from Charleston. Chuck Town, Low Country. What's up, Just a Bite? Lewis McCray, good to see you. Eduardo. Guys, if you like the shirt, love it, right? I I'm loving it. I got it. I'm super pumped. Uh, right now, actually, you know, I don't really push the merch or whatever, but right now it's actually free standard shipping in the merch store. You can see the shirts right here. So if you are interested and getting uh, some Simply Cyber gear. Uh, it's free shipping right now, which is, you know, obviously cool. I don't control the the, the promotions with the merch store. It's like, you know, I just kind of sign up and they, they help me with that stuff. Good morning, Joshua B. Hey, Alana. Hope you enjoyed your roast last night. Alana, did you see? I didn't see you in chat. We roasted your LinkedIn profile last night, Alana. So if you didn't catch that, go check the the view on uh, the VOD on replay, because we, we, we spent a good 10 minutes constructively uh, reviewing your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, hey, the Uber story did not make the news seat feed, but it we dropped it in here as a bonus track because uh, it happened too late for the news cycle, but it is pretty gnarly what's going on there. So we'll definitely talk about that. Um, We'll definitely talk about that. Mm. Yeah, Alana, just go on to the uh, Simply Cyber YouTube channel. You'll see it. It's it's last night's uh, video. You were the second one that we did. We did Poner Joe for like 20 minutes to, to cover a whole bunch of stuff. Then we did yours, and then we went buck wild and, and crazy. We did DJ Bsec, Casey Gaska, a.k.a. Base Case. We did all of these. Hey, Marcia, good to see you. Richard Sonberg. Guys, good to see you. Bug Bounty. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about the Uber. Did you manage to... Oh, Sparkling Goblin? Oh, my God, guys. You guys want to see? Uh, how can I show you? Um, yes, we did the Sparkling Goblin. There was a group of us working on Sparkling Goblin um, thumbnail art. We did do it. it it's, it's hard for me to show you. Uh, maybe during one of the stories, I can figure it out. Uh, how to bring it up on chat. Um, let me see this really quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, I can't really do it while I'm streaming right now, but yeah, 
we we got a we got a sparkling goblin. All right, guys, it's that time. Let's get into the news. Hold on one second. Yeah, let's get into the news. Actually, first, let me pour a cup of coffee. Right. Mmm. Oh my God, guys, so good. Fraud dogs in the house. Good to see you. Is Jeremy Williams here? Jeremy's always uh, always pretty consistently getting up in here. My man, I've got a Friday only group. Uh, Brent and Emerson. Hopefully they're in the crowd. Matt Mir is in the crowd. A couple people only show up for the Friday show. I don't know if James McQuiggan's up in here, but let's do it. Mm. I don't think we're going to keep the 45 minutes today. <laughs> All right, amigos. Hey, Aziz, good to see you. Let's get into the news. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, September 16th, 2022. Gamers targeted by self-spreading stealer on YouTube. On Thursday, researchers from Kaspersky published details of a new campaign leveraging Redline malware to target YouTube users. Redline is known to steal usernames, passwords, cookies, as well as bank card, browser, and crypto wallet details. In the latest campaign, Redline self-propagates to infected YouTube channels by posting videos advertising cheats and hacks for popular video games like APB Reloaded, FIFA 22, Final Fantasy XIV, and LEGO Star Wars. The malware is openly available on hacker forums for just a few hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, a couple things here worth sharing. One, this Redline Info Stealer. This is like the malware du jour right now. Um, you know, there's a couple kind of categories of malware, like ransomware is a malware, um, you know, uh, like kind of post-exploitation, uh, kind of emotet type malware where like, you know, it gets on and kind of blasts itself and buries itself, establishes persistence. That's kind of like a staging piece of malware. And then there's these info stealers, right? And basically they just get on your box and they they vacuum up uh, Discord credentials, tokens, cookies, um, you know, oath, to oath tokens, um, crypto wallets, um, AD credentials if they can find them, password files, whatever. Redline Info Stealer right now, as they said, is widely available on hacker forums. So for a couple hundred bucks, you can have a piece of malware that's pretty, pretty um, robust. Uh, you know, meaning not just like fully featured and function, but another thing that a lot of people don't really understand all the time is that malware, you can have malware on a box and it doesn't detonate correctly because the box is configured a certain way or it's, it's too old. I've seen that before. Like, LOL, like you didn't get us because we didn't patch haha, or we didn't upgrade our end of life legacy software, but that's not, that should not be your best practice. Okay. But anyways, m my point is, I've seen malware not detonate. Redline Info Stealer is robust, meaning it can kind of handle different situations and still work correctly. So it's widespread. Eric Taylor, if you're in chat, I, how often do you see Redline Info Stealer on compromised assets? I'd be kind of curious if you have any thoughts around that. What they're saying here is YouTube users targeted by Redline self-spreading stealer. The, YouTube is just a platform, right? Obviously, many of you are here on YouTube watching this video. So people are just posting videos of, hey, here are hacks. Hey, here's how you get free skins, whatever. Go to this site below. And the site is basically downloading malware. This is no different, literally no different than 
20 years ago when it's like, hey, you want like sweet gear for your Ultima Online character or your World of War Warcraft character or your whatever character? Fast forward today. You want sweet Minecraft skins? You want sweet Roblox um, worlds? Whatever, right? The, the names of the games change, but the technique doesn't change. Hey, you want something for nothing? Oh, by the way, I'm likely targeting uh, younger people who don't have money to buy the stuff, who love access to free things, and who have no freaking clue that they're uh, infecting their endpoints. And by the way, might not even care because they don't appreciate what a compromised asset can do, right? The, oh, this is just our family computer. Who cares? There's nothing really here. All I do is do book reports on this computer. Yeah, but you also don't have the wherewithal to understand that that's an asset on your internal home network and now it can spread laterally. And oh, by the way, when you go to bed at nine o'clock, dad comes downstairs and you know balances the family books or whatever on this machine or runs his side hustle on this machine. And now you've compromised all that. So this says YouTube, but basically YouTube is just a medium in order to produce the video to do the social engineering attack to get people to click on the link. Think of it like basically if you modular uh, a cyber attack or like a social engineering attack, if you broke it up into modular components, the YouTube video is replacing the email. That's all it is, right? Here's some content. Instead of me sending it to you, you came to me, right? Now, one cool thing is Google is very powerful. Google is a search engine company at the end of the day. So they should be able to search and understand what videos are producing this content. I've had videos on Simply Cyber uh, struck down. I've had uh, community strikes against my channel um, for having links to Hack5 in the show description. So Google knows about this stuff. It, you know what I mean? And they have Google DNS, so they know malicious C2 infrastructure. So they should be able to... They should be able to clean this up. What would really suck is if someone got into like Simply Cyber's YouTube account and then posted a video on Simply Cyber and then bricked my channel. That would suck. But I feel like if they got into my channel or John Hammond's channel or, or you know, anyone's channel that's, uh, you know, got had put some time into building the channel up, there's more value in, you know, holding my channel ransom for me than there is uh, hoping that some, you know, teenagers click on some phishing links. Biden order further scrutinizes foreign tech supply chains. On Thursday, President Biden signed an order that will sharpen the Committee on Foreign Investments priorities and highlight the type of transactions that may warrant enhanced screening. Ugh. The order hones in on security of supply chains, in particularly instances where investments give foreign entities control of critical manufacturing capabilities, mineral resources, technologies, or Americans' sensitive data. In addition to the latest measure, the Biden administration is also looking to close off other channels that would give China access to American capital and know-how that might further Beijing's ambitions to dominate cutting-edge technologies. Okay, so again, you know, guys, we, we piggyback on CISO series cybersecurity headlines. This is macro-level related, but this isn't a cybersecurity story right now, but it does have... Because it's so important at the macro geopolitical level, I guess it gets brought in here. We talked about this story the other day where Biden's actually sending an executive order or passing a law or doing, doing something at the presidential level where um, we're not going to be like buying uh, chips from China or you know, microchips or whatever. Or, and I, I flipped out for a while about the decoupling of the global economy and how in the 90s we went all in on like outsourcing everything to everywhere. And now 
because of, you know, global tensions and, you know, China's, um, you know, the direction that China's taken their country um, as a global superpower, um, there's this decoupling, right? Uh, this furthers, you know, discussing that. So Biden's ordering scrutiny over foreign investments. When I read this, this is like, yes, America first, let's make America great, all that. But but this right here is, hey, before you decide to, you know, move things offshore, before you decide to um, merge with this company in wherever in the world, uh, if, if you're, I, I would assume this isn't for like, Simply Cyber is going to merge with, um, oh my God, what's the bug, Integrity, the bug bounty platform in Europe. Like we're going to merge. Like the, the federal government doesn't care about that. I think the federal government in this case is talking about like, um, Intel is going to merge with Supermicro, right? Like something like that, um, you know, that would have bigger kind of global implications because of supply chain demand and um, the integration of um, just dependency on certain supply chains. So I think that's what this is. Again, this is the U.S. federal government getting involved and um, basically working on that decoupling of the global supply chain. So we'll see how it goes. Again, I'm not a geopolitical person. I'm just cyber, coffee, Carl, and audio. That's what I am. Not, it doesn't say federal, global, supply chain, geopolitical. That's, that's a different shirt. <laughs> Phishing attacks being launched in the name of Queen Elizabeth II. It appears that cyber criminals are stooping to yet new lows, this time capitalizing on last week's passing of Queen Elizabeth II. According to research conducted by Proofpoint, hackers are now sending phishing emails with the subject line, quote, in memory of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, end quote, and are trying to trap innocent victims with credential-stealing malware. A link in the email directs victims to a login page where they can earn free entry to Her Majesty's funeral and also get a chance to meet members of the royal family and potentially win a piece of the Queen's inheritance totaling $885 million. All right. So, you know, I'm going to just uh, throw this out there. Yeah, okay, so Queen Elizabeth dies. Um, you know, it sucks. It sucks uh, when someone dies. I, I'm firmly in the camp. Maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, uh, culturally ignorant, but, like, I don't understand, uh, like, the monarchy. People in UK, maybe you can comment on this. Like, the monarchy is basically, like, the UK Kardashians, right? Like, the, like I don't understand what the... Uh, what well, I don't understand why it's such a big deal. They don't hold any political power, right? As far as I know, they're just like, you know, they're just kind of like wheeled around as, you know, figures. So I, I don't know. Obviously, you know, she was important um, in, in, in like the 1910s, 1920s. She was queen for 70 years. A lot of, lot of influence and stuff like that. But here, but here's my thing. What you need to take away from this, and this is a great opportunity. Do I have something where I can be like, uh, what's a good sound effect for this one? Um, hold on. This is a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity to be able to identify uh, current events that will always become a social engineering uh, fishing trap, okay? So I don't care if it's World Cup in Qatar. I don't care if it's COVID uh, vaccines coming out. I don't care if it's Queen Elizabeth II dying right whatever like the hotness is of the moment threat actors are going to 
take advantage of that because at the end of the day, all the threat actors are trying to do is get end users to open and click on an email. It's just like a YouTube title, right? You scroll YouTube and like you got a cool thumbnail, you got a cool title, very intriguing. You're in, you're introducing curiosity. Ooh, yeah, I want to I want to know more. That's all this is. This this right here is Threat Actor SEO 101. Okay? So the opportunity here is immediately, especially my UK people, the the opportunity here is to advise your your end users and tell them to tell their friends and loved ones as well that this type of threat campaign is going on but for my american people and canadian and uh south africa germany i see you sasha internal stranger australian folks listen this is an opportunity everybody in the world basically knows about queen elizabeth and everybody in the world knows that she died right so this is an opportunity to say hey just be mindful look at this is a perfect example of when a global phenomena occurs and how threat actors capitalize it as an attack vector. Obviously, clean the verbiage up so it's a little bit more approachable for end users, but just make them aware because you might not get in front of it next time when World Cup in Qatar happens, but you like you can you can start to plant the seeds in your end users, guys. You know, like if you've taken my GRC analyst class, if you've been with me for a little while, you know how I feel about security awareness. I feel like it's unbelievably important and it needs to happen often and in bite-sized chunks. And at the end of the day, security awareness's only purpose is to modify end user behavior. And it's not to say to control them like Orwellian 1984 style. It's just to equip them with the knowledge to make better risk-based decisions in their personal life, which will translate into their business life. Okay, that's the goal of it. This is an opportunity. Whoops, this is an opportunity right here. I records yet another new record-breaking DDoS attack. On Monday, a new distributed denial of service attack broke the previous record set in July. According to Akamai, the latest attack originated from the same threat actor indicating that operators are ramping up their swarm. Monday's victim was also the same as in July, an unnamed customer in Eastern Europe. The victim's network was bombarded with unprecedented levels of garbage traffic, peaking at 704.8 megapackets per second, roughly 7% higher than the prior attack. The good news is that after the July attack, the company added protections to all 12 of their data centers, resulting in mitigating 99.8% of malicious traffic this time around. Wow. You know, I, I know this isn't what happened. I know this isn't what happened. But to me, this almost sounds like a marketing campaign by the, um, the uh, you know, basically like the, the network service provider, right? Like, like, look at how, look at this distributed denial of service attack we were able to stop. Like, look, look at us. We're awesome. I know that's not what happened, but Jesus, this is insane. Look, look at, like, this is, you want to talk about activating the system and going uh, bananas? That is, that is this spike right here. This is insane. Um, they don't know who the attacker was, it seems like. Um, they had 1,813 IPs. Uh, that's not that many, guys. If you think, like, Mirai Botnet had 300,000, 400,000 that they were able to command. Um, it, you know, so to be able to accomplish this much traffic in a distributed denial service attack with only 1,800 IPs is interesting. Um, it escalated in 60 seconds from 100 to 1813. You got to remember, 
even though you can send the command to you know attack a target um you know network traffic has latency systems might go down like there's it's not like the movies where you push one button and like all the satellites around the globe all light up with the red light all at the same time and it, it's not like that but um you know be mindful that distributed denial of service uh, service attacks uh still happen this is actually a pretty good graphic for, for what we're talking about here um the distributed denial of service attacks do happen they've evolved over time i actually just gave a lecture on tuesday about a distributed denial of service attacks if you're interested in learning more, I don't know how they did this one. They said it was compromised assets. A, a, a really popular one right now is amplification attacks where they take advantage of like CDN, uh, misconfigured memcache servers or CDN servers out on the internet uh, to basically blast a bunch of data directly at a victim. Um, I don't know who the uh, target was. They said Eastern Europe. Obviously, that's a, uh, a conflict zone right now with Russia and Ukraine. So... If I had to guess based on nothing other than the story, I would assume that whoever the victim was, um, was somebody who was a, you know, an actor in the Russian Ukrainian conflict right now in some capacity. Um, and whoever was attacking them was either hopefully doing it either as a show of force or as a tactical advantage at a moment, right? So we're going to execute the attack kinetic boots on ground at 7 a.m. Uh, so at 6.58, launch this denial of service attack to, um, you know, disrupt and confuse. Uh, again, by the way, guys, de denial of service attacks, for the most part, you can only attack public um, routable IP addresses. You can't, you can't like bring down the entire LAN, right? You can't bring down the internal network. Um, you can only prevent them from going out to the internet potentially or having internet facing assets like SaaS providers um, web servers, app app servers, stuff like that go down. So that's all a long way to say, you know, we'll see. And now we'd like to thank this week's episode sponsor, EdgeScan. EdgeScan simplifies vulnerability management by delivering a single full stack solution integrated with world-class security professionals. Instead of managing a plethora of point scanning tools for each layer of the attack surface and squandering precious staff resources manually removing false positives, EdgeScan offers automated and accurate contextualized alerts across the entire attack surface into a single source of truth. All right, hold on. We're, this is Friday, so we're going to take it uh, a little hot minute break here i did see max in chat say something about what you know amplification attack with a question um there's a lot of good graphics on this uh what would be a good a good one uh i guess maybe this one yeah so check this out really quick this is like a whatever please please bear with me really quick as we do this quick lesson. The graphics all uh, pixelated, but it doesn't matter. I, an amplification attack, instead of just telling uh, um, compromised hosts to send traffic to a victim target, what you can do is you can very low, like for like 15 kilobytes, you can ping uh, a misconfigured memcache server with a spoofed uh, source IP address and say, send me all your data. The equivalent parallel to this would be like calling a Chinese restaurant, right? Chinese restaurants are um, known for having huge menus. It takes you very little effort to call them and say, hey, call me right back 
and read me your entire menu. And the protocol is set up in such a way that the Chinese restaurant will do that. The Memcache server will reply. So you hang up the phone. Your victim is the source phone number that you've given, right? So BSEC, we're going to knock BSEC off the off the uh, internet. So I'm like, hey, Chinese restaurant, call me back at BSEC's phone number and read me your menu. <laughs> right? That, take me, that takes me 15 kilobytes. It takes me two seconds to do that. Then I call the ne next memcache server, or I call the same memcache server again and say, hey, it's BSEC. Call me. Boop. Call me. Boop. Right? And the memcache server is sending down gigabytes of data, right? Because it's the entire cache of data on, the, on this misconfigured device. If it's configured correctly, this cannot happen, but there's tons of memcache servers that are misconfigured. There's tools in Metasploit that will do it. You can use Shodan to find them. And what ends up happening is from this graphic, memcache servers will send tons of data and they won't stop because the protocol says send it all to the victim. So it's a very easy way to execute a distributed denial of service attack without having to compromise a ton of bots uh to begin with all right hopefully like you know woo, the more you know so that's that's that now really quickly i want to um just take a minute we got a couple things here i want to say thank you to all of you it is friday so it's grace and joke of the day or joke of the week excuse me um What what was okay? So this is Grace, and I, I kind of wrote it down. And got it maybe a little mixed up. What was uh? What is uh? Why was the pig, um, into karate? Or why was the pig good at karate? Why was the pig good at karate? While you guys answer that, I want to remind you because it's Friday. I'm going to be sending this email on Monday. If you're not on this newsletter list to receive this email on Monday, exclamation point newsletter in chat. Check it out. Um, sign up. I basically send you an email that's in your inbox Monday morning. I'm sorry, Australia. It's in your inbox Monday night, but you can use it Tuesday. The email is quickly scannable, quickly readable, and it tells you exactly what you need to do to help your end users, your peers, and your executives. It's very, very succinct and actionable, and I've only heard positive things about this email. So if you signed up and you're not getting it, Check your spam filters. When you sign up, you should get an email from me, an automated email that says like, hey, are you sure you want to do this? Because I want to make sure that you want this email. You can unsubscribe anytime. I don't really, you know, like no hard feelings. If you don't find value in it, that's fine. That's cool. But if you want value, do this. I guarantee you, you will be able to kick major before most people have had their coffee on Monday morning. Okay. Exclamation point newsletter. Secondly, free shipping in the merch store right now. If you want Cyber Coffee, Carl and Audio, it's right here. This hoodie actually looks pretty dope. Um, so, <laughs> so that's that. All right, guys. Um, the question was why, what, like, why are pigs like the pig uh, good good at uh, karate? Because he's got a really good pork chop. He's got a really good pork chop. Hiya! <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, let's keep it rolling, guys. Let's keep it going. Yeah, the hoodie looks good. I like that. All right, let's keep rolling on this. Cybercrime forum admins steal from site users. Threat intelligence firm Digital Shadows was tipped off to a thread containing direct messages between the moderator and administrator of a cybercrime forum called Eltonin. Eltonin processes payments via an escrow system which is managed by the site admins. 
A customer who purchased the laptop through the site messaged the moderator asking to confirm receipt of their payment. Instead, they were sent a demand for an additional escrow fee of $120, which the user haggled down to $80. When the purchase fell through, the user asked the moderator to return the fee, but was met with radio silence. The incident was exposed as a scam, along with several other similar incidents, proving there's no honor among thieves. <laughs> Hackers trojanize putty SSH. Yeah, no kidding. Um, whatever, dude. You know what? You Okay, so a couple couple things here, right? This is basically, as he said, no honor among things. Cybercrime forum admins basically stealing from other, uh, or, hag or, or scamming, frauding, robbing, extorting users of their site. Now, a couple things here. One, if I went through all the trouble of creating a black market forum for exchanging goods and services, I would be like, this is my business, even though it's a illegitimate, it's my business. So I should keep my customers happy and run my business, right? Um, extorting my users, right? Like, can you imagine right now if I just like ended the stream and I was like, for $80, you can continue watching the stream. Ah, right? Like F you. So it doesn't surprise me. Now, what I will say, obviously, and for 80 bucks, you're going you're gonna to basically burn down your entire online criminal marketplace for 80 bucks. You, you, uh, I don't even have a good word to say on stream, but you're, you're, a total, you're a total fool. So here's my thing. What I might, what I suspect happened, my initial gut reaction is the site was set up and run by somebody, right? And then somebody else either came into power, purchased access, bought the site, what, whatever it was, has the privileges and is doing this extortion. I don't think the person who originally set this up is the one who's extorting the users because it doesn't make any sense. Why would you spend a dollar to make a nickel, right? Or to save a nickel? It, it, like, it's dumb. It's just dumb. I need that sound effect of like, obviously, you are so dumb. I need, I need that sound effect. But guys, you know, if you're going to play in the dark web, you have no SLA. You have no service level agreement. You have no, like, warranty. There's no 1-800 number you can call the complaint and get your money back. You can't call the credit card company and refute the charges, right? Just be mindful of that. But, um... You know, whatever. It is what it is. I guess it just shows you. I mean, again, like criminals are going to criminal. Each client to backdoor media companies. Research firm Mandiant has spotted North Korean hackers targeting media companies using trojanized versions of Putty and Kitty SSH utilities to deploy backdoors as part of a fake Amazon job assessment. Mandiant identified the threat actor as UNC4034, who appears to be furthering the Operation Dream Job campaign, which has been active since June 2020. The attack starts with a phishing email with a lucrative job offer at Amazon and directs victims to WhatsApp, where they share an ISO file, ultimately leading to deployment of the payload. Yeah, um, this sucks. This sucks. Um, this sucks, man. So be mindful of Operation Dream Job. So be mindful of this, guys. Basically, if you guys know like Putty, Putty SSH, it's it's a it's a a very popular. It's been used for as long as I remember, and I'm I got gray in my beard. Um, very simple, lightweight application that allows you to make a secure shell connection 
typically into a Linux box. All right. You have to like go through some effort to stand up SSH on a, on a windows machine, but uh, on a Linux box, it, it basically, it's how you connect in or networking device, right? 22 it's secure. It's the, it's the way that we remotely administer stuff. Hackers, North Korea, whatever. They open up a AWS job post. Everybody's all geeked up about getting a job with a Fortune 2 company or Fortune 1 company, whatever. And they say, oh, you need to install, you need to like show us whatever, uh, log into this Linux box and run, you know, whatever, uh, LSOF or, you know, you name, like run a command on this Linux box. Here is how you connect, put PuTTY in. Now, if you already had PuTTY on your box, you know, maybe you're just like connect in and they don't get you, uh, but they provide you with the putty SSH. They might even say, it didn't say this in the story, but I could see them saying like, oh, this is like a Amazon version of putty, run it. Anyways, you, you install it, you get malware on your own box, you're compromised. Who knows what they're doing after that? I didn't really understand in the story. Like if I'm North Korea and I am targeting people looking for jobs. I mean, that's not really, I guess maybe you get a, a spurious hit of someone who is like at work and you compromise a, um, you comp, oh, hey, Ahmed, super chat. Thanks, man. Love it, love it. You know, I, I don't see the super chats. Um, like they don't change color for me on, on the front end. Oh, there it is. Look at this. I love it, actually. Look at this. I got a little alert box. Thanks so much, Ahmed. Appreciate you getting value from Simply Cyber. So, yeah, they could say use our tools and, you know, whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, like, to me, think about, like, think about it, right? Like, okay, guys, we're the Simply Cyber Collective. We're going to go total um, black hat, right? Let's convince a bunch of people to install, to use putty, a Trojanized putty on their workstation, and we're going to target people who are looking for jobs. Like, what's the end goal? What's the objective of that mission? You're going to get, like, random people who are technical, no less, right? Obviously, you're going to be applying for engineer positions. So there's one value there. But what's the point, right? You, If someone compromised my box right here, that, like, it's not really high value, right? I mean, my home network, whatever. Maybe you steal, like, my bank account credentials, right? But, you know, I'm just some schlub. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not a Fortune 50 company. I'm not Uber, right? And maybe... Maybe you get a spurious hit where you do get the Uber engineer, but it's not, it's, it's luck. It's not targeted. It's not spear phishing. So I don't really understand exactly what they're trying to accomplish here. Um, but whatever, just be mindful of it. Right. Tell, tell, here's another thing, guys, if you're looking for a job, you know, I would say a good percentage of people are, who are looking for a job are employed and they don't want their employer to know they're looking for a job. So they start acting, acting secretive, not talking about it, not sharing what they're doing, not talking about the things they're installing or the like, oh, having to do this putty SSH thing. So, you know, it does kind of lend itself to actually um, getting, you know, victims who are not going to disclose what they're doing. So there is that. Okay. $2.5 million grant funds intelligence and national security career center. The office of the director of national intelligence has awarded a $2.5 million grant to St. Louis university to create a new center dedicated to preparing students for careers in the 18 U S intelligence agencies. SLU was officially designated a U S intelligence community center for academic excellence on Wednesday. 
Along with SLU, ODNI announced the University of Kansas and University of New Hampshire as the newest members of the program, which aims to prepare and hire the next generation of diverse and qualified intelligence professionals. Um, all right, well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news for everybody, okay? Good news. The good news, the United States federal government is investing in higher education programs in order to basically plant the seeds so in five to 10 years, uh, the workforce is, uh, there's more people in the workforce who can work in the intelligence agencies, okay? Uh, the NSA has been doing this for like a decade. The PhD program I went through, if you actually look at the coursework I took or had to take, there is a direct correlation to what the NSA actually needs people to be able to do reversing software exploitation, malware analysis, right? So the NSA was heavily involved in the development of my program, as well as several other cyber-focused programs in the United States right now. So this has been happening for a while. This is cool, $2.5 million grant, but here's my thing, guys. Um, here's the bad news. They said $2.5 million, which... Between me, you, and Joel Belton's ice cream shop, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of scoops of ice cream. But guys, this is going across prepare students for positions in 18, U 18 U.S. intelligence agencies. So there's a lot of job opportunity. And then they talk about University of Kansas, New Hampshire, St. Louis, and uh, in a network of 80 colleges in the program. Guys, do the math. <laughs> what is two and a half million divided by 80? Right? So if two and a half million divided by 10 is 250,000, divide that by eight, that's like 30,000. So what are we talking about here? Like 80 people, one per college? Again, I don't want to poo poo this because those 80 people, if they could get an education for 30 grand, there's that, right? I mean, 30 grand is like a, a, a year. Thank you, BSEC. 31,250. So you're going to get an entire education for 31,000? I hope so. But my thing is, if this grant is going directly to a student, maybe, and it pays for part of their program, but if it's going to the school to like build their curriculum up and stuff like that, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is two and a half million seems light for the lift that they're trying to do, right? Throwing two bucks of gas in the, uh, in the Nova in order to drive cost country, you're probably going to run out at the county line if you're picking up what I'm putting down. So, good effort, great pub. I, I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it moves the needle. Ethereum activates the merge as it shifts to proof of stake. On Thursday at 6.44 a.m. Coordinated Universal Time, Ethereum officially activated a feature called the merge. The merge switches away from mining, which uses computing power to produce blocks, to a proof-of-stake beacon model. The shift will reduce Ethereum's energy consumption by more than 99%, bringing them into compliance with environmental, social, and governance <laughs> regulations. The move should dissuade businesses from participating in novel sectors such as DeFi and NFTs. The new approach should also allow for execution of much cheaper and faster transactions while still receiving the benefit of Ethereum's security. Wow. Okay. So a couple things here, guys. Again, uh, Charles Finfrock. Come on, Finfrock. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. So if you don't know, that's Charles Finfrock, our Simply Cyber resident crypto evangelist. 
Uh, so Ethereum, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They went from um, proof of uh, whatever to proof of stake. I'm not, you know, whatever. Here's a couple things that I found interesting about this. One, it's going to reduce energy consumption by 99%. Um, okay, that sounds unbelievable. That's amazing. So first of all, that's awesome. Second of all, they said it's going to dissuade people from operating in, uh, they called it fringe markets or, or boutique areas like DeFi and NFT. I'm not an expert, but like, I thought NFT and Ethereum, like I thought that that was like one of the only use cases being used for Ethereum. So if people are going to be dissuaded from NFTs, by the way, I'm all for it. Let NFTs collapse and burn. Can we get a, a um, this is fine, maybe emote? Can I, hold on. Right, like if NFTs go down, that's fine. There's so much scamming and, and, and uh, fraud going on in the NFT space. That's fine with me. Uh, but I just find it weird because that's what Ethereum is is kind of, uh, like seems to be getting a lot of utility and use. Um, they did say lower uh, fees. Like I, I'm assuming things like gas fees, they call them gas fees in order to make a transaction and stuff like that. But here's my thing. I, I find it really weird and and actually maybe a little bit hopeful uh, that, you know, decentralized currency and Ethereum, uh, non-regulated stuff actually has promise because uh, promise in this way, Guys, I say this periodically on the channel, follow the money, always follow the money. It's usually the 1% at the top who are making decisions that benefit them, right? And I'm not saying it's us versus them, but usually any decision that gets made when it comes to stuff like this or business or whatever has some financial underpinning somewhere in the back, right? Yes, it can have philanthropic benefits. It can help save the earth from climate crisis, 99% less energy. But at the end of the day, the initial motivation and initiative is typically cash money, okay? Thanks. Great cash, homie. Thank you, Randy. So the fact that this is gonna reduce the amount of gas fees, reduce the value, reduce the utility of Ethereum, I find interesting. I find a counter to making money for wealthy people. So I don't know if the masses rose up and said that this is a better option and they, they, you know, you couldn't fight it or if there is a longer term financial benefit, but I don't know. That's what, that's what's surprising to me here. That does it for today's cybersecurity headlines. But before you head on to your next pod, whoa, 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 whoa. that does not do it for today's cybersecurity headlines. Know your role, Steve Prentice. We've got one coming hot off the presses. Fancy! Uber last night, security breach. I don't know if you guys heard this one. Okay. Um, this is wicked hot off the presses, okay? So Uber uh, came out, or it was reported last night, had a massive security breach, okay? I'm gonna read this. So <clears throat> this is, I do this once in a while. This is kind of a wild card Friday, so let's do this. Uh, so I'll do my best Steve Prentice impression. Uber security breach looks bad, potentially compromising all systems. Hackers believed to have breached Uber's entire network in a social engineering attack, which one security vendor says is more extensive than the company's 2016 global data breach and access logs potentially altered. More will come as the story develops. Okay, here is the TLDR on this one. Um, this seems like a, a blend. Um, and I watched Nahamasek on YouTube Shorts yes, or earlier today just to get a, a little vibe on what he was thinking. So check out Nahamasek if you guys don't know him. He's really, really cool on the bug bounty side and offensive security. It looks like a developer, an engineer at Uber was socially engineered and got his creds compromised. 
Uber runs multi, uh, a multi-factor authentication. It also looks like this hacker just spammed the crap out of the multi-factor, right? Guys, the, 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 the victim is getting like these pop-ups, pop-ups, pop-ups. Finally, the threat actor messages the victim on WhatsApp saying that they're Uber IT. By, by the way, if your business isn't using WhatsApp as an official communication channel, when someone communicates to you from WhatsApp and says that they're IT and that if you want to stop the multi-factor from happening, you need to accept it, your antenna should go up, right? It should, some alarm bells should be ringing, okay? So anyways, social engineer says, hey, if you want this to stop, just let it go. Uh, victim says, oh yeah, I definitely want it to stop. A accepts it, threat actor registers their device as a official device, gets into the network, and then I haven't read all of the details, but started moving laterally. Now it looks like Uber does not have, um, <laughs> like very good security, which by the way, when they got hit in 2016 with, with ransomware or extortion, which by the way, the chief security officer is currently being uh, like indicted or he's going to trial for two counts of felonies uh, for not disclosing the breach. You think Uber would overreact and invest in cybersecurity, but apparently that doesn't look like it's happening. So the threat actor, it looks like they have access to Slack, AWS, which is where Uber hosts their entire infrastructure, uh, source code, uh, HackerOne, which is the bug bounty platform that Uber leverages in order to have security vulnerabilities discovered in their app and platform. Um, the threat actor emailed everybody at HackerOne and told them that the threat actor had compromised Uber and that they should be mindful of that. So if you are a bug bounty, if you have done anything with Uber, be mindful of that. I don't know if customer data, geolocation coordinates, passwords, credit cards, all that stuff, uh, PII. I don't know if that's been compromised yet. This is like a really, uh, like this is a developing story like right now. Um, so, it, you know, stay tuned to it. You should be mindful of this. This is, this is the biggest story in our industry right now, this right here, um, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, be mindful of that. Uh, I, I've heard, I saw like a little passing that the there's a PowerShell script and the user or the engineer had hard-coded uh, admin password in the PowerShell script. This is not best practice at all. It's easy, it's convenient. <laughs> and I just wanna say, uh, BSEC was there, I, you know, Listen, I, I love IT people, okay? I love you because, because IT people are great and they help me achieve my security objectives. But you cannot put hard-coded passwords in scripts. There are solutions in 2022 to handle this, okay? So Threat Actor got that. Threat Actor moved laterally. Threat Actor is all up in everyone's business. And, oh, by the way, I heard, I haven't seen this, so unconfirmed, that the threat actor is actually publicly uh, doxing or disclosing publicly the full name of the engineer who fell for the initial attack, right? So this person is having the worst day, <gasps> the worst day ever, right? If if not worse, like fired, right? So um, we'll stay tuned on this story. I guarantee you this will be the story lead on Monday morning, which will also be episode 200, 200. Okay. So 
check it out. Stay tuned on that. All right, guys. Woo, woo. Let's let's get some uh, let's get some jams. What what would be? Oh, you know what I want? Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. All right, guys. Love it, love it, love it. I hope you enjoyed today's stream. It was high energy, high paced, but that's how we roll on Friday, people. We do it. Casually Joseph, thanks so much. Clifton McComer, love it. It's Owen. Good to see you, man. Hey, yeah, Cyber Carl's already up in here. Hey, thanks, Michael Starnes, for the kind words. Thanks for submitting your LinkedIn profile yesterday for review. That's how we roll, guys. Hey, I'm all synth all the time, baby. Guys, just so you know, um, I want to share this with you because I've been uh, leading this effort. Next week, next week's going to be a huge week, guys. You can go to... Um, you can go to esports.threatgen.com. Here, I'll put it in chat really quickly. Or uh, Hold on, I'll put it on, on screen really quickly. Uh, if you want to bounce out of here because the, the news stories are done, that's cool. Have a great weekend. Otherwise, just uh, I'm going to talk for a minute. So guys, just FYI, if you don't know, um, next week I, uh, I'm with ThreatGen, am running uh, a tournament uh, for Red versus Blue Cybersecurity. We have eight contestants. All matches will be live streamed, both the participants' feed as well as on ThreatGen shoutcasting. I am a competitor in the event, but for matches that I am not a competitor, I will be shoutcasting along with Clint. So if you like my style, uh, come hang out. It's Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Eastern is when I compete against Jack Scott. Tuesday, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern. And then Wednesday uh, is the second round semifinals. And then Friday is the finals. Eric Taylor's in there. Uh, myself, Jack Scott, Ken Underhill, Cyber Matt Lee is up in there. David Meese, Stacey Loki. It's going to be a wicked good time. Um, high, high competition. There are prizes. We've got jerseys made up. It's going to be really good. Hey, Lisa LaFleur. Good to see you. Lego security. I'm not sure what Jason Queens is. No, so BSEC. I'm playing jacks at 3 o'clock on Monday. 3 o'clock on Monday. So come come hang out. Uh, you can either be on my feed and cheer me on. You can be on Jax's feed and cheer her on. You can be on my feed and criticize me. I don't know if Bob Bob's in here, but Bob Bob's always throwing smack at me, throwing shade. Uh, or you can go on the Threat Gen stream and, uh, you know, watch both both sides at the same time. Hey, Static Coder. Love it. Have a great day, everybody. Yep. Have a good weekend, John Patine. Definitely earned it, my man. Definitely earned it. Yeah, Joshua B. Jax. Joel Belton. Love it. Add the ice cream shirt. Yeah, exactly. Great show. Congrats on the upcoming anniversary episode. Thank you, Internal Stranger. I am, we are having our 200th episode on Monday. I am going to try to um, add a little, it will be a little bit longer, a little bit more fun. I'm going to try to do some retrospective stuff, maybe have um, some screen clips from funny things that have happened over the last 200 episodes. Jared Pierpont, good to see you. Michael Starnes, glad. Audio's on point. Audio, right? HMI cheese for everybody. That's right. Might might be going. I am red team. I am red team against Jack. So maybe I will go after her infrastructure. 
Hey, thanks, Angel. Guys, if you got value out of it, you know, obviously hit the like button. But really, uh, what I ask of you is tell someone else. Share it with your community of interest. We're, do it, we're trying to do good things here. We're trying to help everybody out. The value of the Simply Cyber community is rooted in the network of the cybersecurity community. So the bigger the network, the more value it is for everybody in the network. Hey, Steve G. No need to lurk, man. Come on, be part of the, get out here. Celebrate. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, fraud dog. Thanks, guys. Hey, oh, real quick too, our, I haven't set the link up yet, but next Thursday, Simply Cyber Live, we're actually having Liz Wharton on. She's uh, chief of staff over at um, Scythe, Bryson Bort's company, but she's a lawyer. She worked in Atlanta when they got, um, you guys remember back in like 2016, Atlanta was ransomware. She was like chief counsel over there at the time. Uh, I'm bringing her on because this Uber uh, executive who's getting charged with two felonies, uh, I want her opinion on that. It's gonna be a very legal focused and what precedents are being set by all of this, uh, all of this legal stuff in the cyber community. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for today's stream. Much love and appreciation for letting us run uh, no, we're not. We're making a produced video, Eric Taylor. Um, all right, guys, be good. We'll talk soon. Have a good weekend.